It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's Superhero Slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name's Mike Rare. And welcome to the official Superhero Slate review of DC's Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle. It's out. It's <laughs> not streaming. It was not. We had, to go, we, had to, we had to pay to watch this movie. <laughs> which is what we, which we, was what we all expected. And then... <laughs> Uh, I, I, Chris, I, was that timing meant, was that intentional, the pop-up that I just saw on my screen, uh, a Plex notification from you? Oh, yeah. A, cer- a certain movie just added to your archive? It wasn't timed, but I'm glad you get those notifications, <laughs> uh, because those are very usually important. I just, usually I just ignore those, because they routinely pop up while we're recording the show, Yeah, uh, but that one seemed uh, a little uh, extra poignant. Timely, um, yeah. Blue Beetle. <laughs> We're here to talk about Blue Beetle, folks. Yes, uh, that- uh, and, and of course, and of course, I'll I'll use this as an opportunity to also plug our weekly news episodes, yes. which we are going to be recording after that, and you're going to have to tune in to that episode. Yes. So you're going to have to do some math here. It's going to be episode uh, 439 for the news, and you strictly want to tune in. Because once we're done recording this, the impending hurricane yes. uh, on the West Coast will be even closer uh, to my uh, extremely sophisticated recording studio. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, I, what this I'm is, this to is say not is, a metaphor, people. This is actually a real <laughs> thing happening now yes. while we're recording these shows. Yes, I mean, I. You know, I might say, "Oh, I'd hate to date the podcast," but we're reviewing Blue Beetle. We, you know, exactly when we're recording this podcast. Yeah. But yeah, there's kind of a. A uh, slightly historic hurricane bearing down on Southern California right now. It's like on its way, which is the weirdest thing. I've never experienced a hurricane before, so it's weird to know like it's coming, but I don't have to worry about right this second. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna review Blue Beetle like normal people, and then uh, no, I think the news episode I, we're gonna go we're gonna go crazy. Yeah, not to bury the lead here. Normal people aren't watching Blue Beetle, uh, so this is a very very niche podcast today, Mike, that we'll be reviewing because uh, we'll talk about it in a little bit. But the box office numbers are not strong. They're not strong for this movie right now. So, um, but yes, yeah, so Blue Beetle. This was uh, the movie we've talked about this before. Ha- was originally filmed for HBO Max along with Batgirl. They were both announced. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batgirl uh, canned uh, due to what was it? Insurance claims or something like that. Purposes, yeah. tax purposes. A ledger, a ledger somewhere in an accountant's office. Yes, uh, some some sort of. Um, you know, fancy uh, accounting, if you will. But Blue Beetle was transitioned from streaming to uh, theatrical release, and uh, it, it's, it's out in theaters. And I'm going to be, I'll be honest, I'll, I'll just go ahead and say, the movie didn't look like a streaming movie for a lot of it. And I'm going to talk about some of the best. I'm, I'm actually impressed how little I was like, man, this just like, I should watch this at home, uh, to be to be completely honest. I was like, there's some pretty good things in here. Um, not the best overall by any means, but I was like, okay, that's, that's great. But uh, as I mentioned, let's just go ahead. We don't, we don't, there's not a lot to break that. If you're if you've watched Blue Beetle, you're here to listen about Blue Beetle. If you haven't watched it, you still want to hear us talk about it. Let's jump into the box office, Mike. Right now, currently, this is sitting at uh, 300, uh, 225, around 25 million uh, domestically um, uh, for that, which is honestly not a lot, Mike. This is what I've been told is the second lowest. A DC movie. The first one was Wonder Woman 84, and that was during a pandemic and came out streaming at the same time. Now, I will say, um, with 43.4 mil, uh, million worldwide, honestly, I didn't expect this movie to be a quote-unquote blockbuster or tentpole movie from DC. Did you Did you expect hundreds of millions of dollars opening weekend from this? No, not at all. <laughs> yeah, like, I, like, I'm like, this is fair. Like, you know, it, this was not shot on the budget of a of, of the flash as an example we'll talk about flash in the news the uh, our news episode this week how little it made compared to its cost this didn't cost as much as the flash or superman or wonder woman or any of those movies to be made it was it was literally shot with streaming in mind so that i think this is maybe not making money but overall not the worst in the world Right. Yeah. For for a little bit of context, I went over to one of our newer favorite websites, Chris. The numbers. That's why I pulled and, these uh, from. <laughs> used uh, their movie comparison tool, and I, I and I think of maybe 
a fair comparison uh, at the moment, depending on how you want to break it down, might be Shazam Fury of the Gods, just simply because it's a movie that also came out this year as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think maybe had similar amounts of anticipation in a way of like kind of medium mid as maybe the kids might say and blue beetles just tracking just slightly behind shazam fury of the gods so i think we can we both know for a fact that the budget on fury of the gods was much higher for sure you and you can you don't even have to look it up because you know it's a sequel so it definitely got more money uh for the budget and also just for the actors in general but yeah you're right you're right chris that the this didn't necessarily need to dazzle us at the box office but hopefully it dazzled people critically because i think that's Mm -hmm. what every uh (laughs) <laughs> that's what every studio at least is hoping for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, you know, but just just for 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 um, I guess people who want to use Rotten Tomatoes, I think it's it's like a seventy two percent Rotten Tomatoes and a ninety two percent audience score. So that's fa- that's fairly good, right? Like in yeah. in this climate, that's fairly good. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think and I think weirdly enough, uh, you might wonder why we're uh, getting so technical maybe at the very beginning of a review for a movie like Blue Beetle. I think it's just because this is just how everything is with the current DC slate right now. If on our normal weekly news episodes, we you know reported in the past that James Gunn has said everything before his Superman movie is not considered canon for his. DC Universe. But of course, we know all of that is subject to change based on popularity, reception from the audience, money. I mean, it, yeah, we know for a fact if Blue Beetle would have yeah. made like, I don't know, Fast and Furious money at the box office, something crazy like that. Uh, yeah, it definitely would be folded into the DCU. So that's kind of why we're looking at it from more of this like yeah. analytical it's- side of things. So I, I, as what I'm seeing right now, at least critically and box office wise, I wouldn't say that's necessarily a win to get the character in the movie ushered into the universe, but there might be possibly other strategic avenues that maybe the studio might want to take. But as of as of right now, I don't think this is a this is a home run for well, kind of maybe the, sticking around long term in the broader I, universe. I would say sure, maybe in terms of if you're looking at like we need to have peak operating you know efficiency for all this right like it needs to be number one all over the place and it is number one actually in the theaters right now so it's, it's actually you know beating barbie in its fifth week which is still surprising uh right that movie's uh it, you know it's got legs i'm trying not to be misogynistic about that mike but barbie has legs if you will um blue beetle you know I, we don't know what that looks like but i i'm going to push back and say hey Really, the biggest name in this, there's two big names. One is Susan Sarandon, right, uh, as a character. And the other was um, oh, is it, uh, George Lopez, right? Mm-hmm. That, that they, so, like, literally, if you want a cheap actor uh, and a character that, you know, did better than medium at, at the box office, you probably like, yeah, we can we can pull this forward. It's affordable. It wasn't hated. It wasn't loathed. We can probably use something from this. Um, which which is something you can't really like the other ones like you know you got Zachary Levi out here running his own name into the ground you know during like you know strikes The Rock tried to to ruin you know DC Universe himself with his Black Adam movie so like like yeah we could take we can take a mid ground we could take a a mid and probably be okay with this for once um, but as you mentioned James Gunn his DCU technically doesn't start for two more years right with Superman uh, Legacy. And that's, you know, uh, if things, you know, the, the strikes come together and things can get going and, 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 and moving. So, you know, we may be two and a half, three, maybe four years out before we hear of anything. But we'll talk about in, in, in this. This movie is, and I think if you haven't seen any other DC movie, this movie's enough removed. It doesn't matter, right? Like there is literally, I don't feel anything in here that ties it to any DCEU or DCU at large, right? Like it's very isolated with a few name drops here and there at the end of the day. Um, but let's go ahead. Let's jump into the review. Let's just get into this because you've got a hurricane coming and we're going to go <laughs> ahead and just, you know, kind of talk about this. And uh, we've, we've not talked. You saw this yesterday morning, right? Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. I saw it Saturday evening. Um, and I, I don't want to talk about movie going experience, but I hate going Saturday evenings. Uh, we had kids who were being really, really obnoxious in this theater. Like, you know, 10 to 15 year old kids. I'm like, mm, Get the hell out of here. But anyway, um, you want to go first? You want me to go first? Which one do you want to go? Go ahead. Okay. Well, for this, 
I'm okay with this movie, Mike. I'm, da- I'm down. I'm like down the middle, like like straight down the middle. It's not. It's more a little more of an I don't care. Like comparing my last review of Secret Invasion, where I'm just like, I don't care. This is like there are some really cool parts in here. I, I'm not. I didn't watch um, Cobra Kai, so I'm not familiar with the actor. Right, mm-hmm. um, but you know, I really enjoyed his family aspect. It's very, very big focus on family. If you want to draw that fast ten, uh, you know, uh, comparison to this movie, uh, there are some really cool parts in this movie, uh, including you know the suit. Uh, it was really fun. Uh, you also get to see it's this is from the trailers, but there is a bug ship, and there's some really fun stuff with it later on. But um, overall, just kind of a Boy, haven't I seen this in another superhero movie before <laughs> that's done probably similar or better. Uh, similar beforehand just means this is the second, you know, person to the to the table. So it's not just a, it's not getting an impact. But overall, I didn't hate it. I think I think the actors had some pretty, you know, the, the main actor was really good. The the family actors were good. There's more George Lopez than I anticipated in this film. So that was fun. But overall, just right down the middle of like, sure, fine. This is this was. This was I would have watched this on streaming and been totally happy. Saw it in theaters. That's cool. Don't need to revisit it probably ever again. What about you, Mike? <laughs> yeah, I would say uh, similarly along the the same way, right? This movie is a mixture of just like when you when you say it's average or down the middle, you might be expecting you go into this movie and just everything is mediocre in a way. And okay. I would say more it's a mixture of highs and lows. You'll find parts you really like, and then you'll also be kind of forced to uh, watch really cringy scenes mm-hmm. unfold or really cheesy moments that feel like they're out of place, lot, at least in their own movie. A lot of quiet movie. moments that really, like, took away from the, like, you know, the momentum that was going on. And then it's, like, yeah. quiet moment by quiet moment. And you're like, uh, that's, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, but but overall, the most effective parts, I think, that like you were saying, was the family dynamic, which they really leaned into which I really appreciated. I also really liked the new, fresh perspective that came from uh, this hero and family from a culture that's usually not given the spotlight in a superhero movie. They they make a... I like that the... the um, I don't know if it was the director, the screenwriter, maybe even the producers, uh, but I, I like how they took the chance to make references to very... I don't want to say niche cultural things, but niche to the standard movie going audiences uh, where I don't need to understand the reference, but I have the context enough to get the joke. But everyone else in my theater who understands it is having like a great time. And I was like, oh, this is good. This is this is great because, you know, you're not just getting like the repetitive references and jokes that you might usually get nowadays. Like, oh, you're bringing in a different cultural eye, which I, I really liked. Um, yeah. So that 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 really helped elevate parts of the film, but yeah, it's like a mixture. It's weird. It's like yeah. it's not it's not average because it's mediocre. It's average because if you add the highs in with the lows, you're kind of coming yeah. in at kind of like you know like a like a six and a half, seven out of ten, or something like that. Uh, like narratively, I wouldn't say there's anything that's particularly standing out like like you nothing, mentioned this nothing is new this about this movie yeah <laughs> this isn't wholly different and this is something that we brought up uh, leading up to the movie for a couple of weeks where like you can just see kind of like the origin story like painted on the wall just from the trailers right so luckily they were able to pull off some effective things which i i would watch a sequel of this movie and i would think that yeah. they could have a lot of extra and new runway to, to play with if they had a sequel because you have your character established, you kind of went through the typical, somewhat predictable origin story of the character, and now you can just have fun with it and you get to really build out your universe a little mm-hmm. bit more. Uh, I mean, uh, this isn't a spoiler at all, but there are two after credit scenes, and usually yeah. if a movie is putting in after credit scenes, there at least hope that they can develop the story a little bit more. But yeah. we'll talk about that more here in spoilers because I don't want to spoil anything if somebody still is going to run yeah. out and check this movie out. Um, yeah. I don't know how long you're going to have to wait for it to hit max uh, where it was originally attended to air, but I think I I think there's I think there's just enough here. I think where I could recommend somebody going yeah. to the theaters uh, to check it out, but well, it's it's just enough. Like, like you know? I would say, like a matinee. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm like, yeah, don't, 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 
go in. Don't go during the expensive time of the theater. Go to a matinee. You're going to enjoy yourself. Go to the bar at the movie theater. Grab a drink. Have a good time at this. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I agree. And I think, honestly, it's kind of hard to talk about this without spoilers. Like, I know it's not mm-hmm. spoilers because it's very predictable. I think we should just go ahead and get into it. But, like, I think, yeah, you know, before we it. get to it, like, yeah, that's it's, it's a recommend from us. But, like boy you don't have to you don't need to go see it this weekend if you don't want to right i I think you know yeah you should watch it but it's not like hey you're missing out by anything by by getting here so uh, i'm gonna mark spoilers in in the notes here below so you can uh, jump ahead leave watch it come back and listen to more or just continue ahead if you're you know some sort of psycho who wants to get movies spoiled for them before they go and watch it (laughs) uh but yeah so one number one they had me in the first minute mike because it showed a bunch of beetles of different colors in space kind of like the green lantern core and i'm like oh my gosh what if the villain was you know you know i'm like oh my god there's other beetles i didn't even know about that have different abilities out there and i'm like that would be a really cool thing like my mind ran wild that first minute of the movie mike i don't know if you had Mm -hmm. that same like kind of thing i'm like i didn't expect this i just expected us to find it on earth and start there rather than this whole like hey, it's from space and there's other color beetles kind of deal. I mean, I would say there's definitely potential moving forward, but I think that that was kind of a a weaker part of the movie just for me is just the origin of kind of everything that we're looking at. Well, I I think, Uh, time out, I think think there is no origin of everything. That's what I want to know. Like, what mm -hmm. what planet, what species, who created these? Like, where did it come from? I want to know. Yeah, and I think I thought, it would exist well in a Green Lantern show as well. I'm saying, like, or move the Green Lantern movie. Like, if they want to tie the Beatles into the Green Lantern, like you know, Space Corps, that's what I'd be like. Okay, I could see a tie in here, but that's more what I meant. Like, oh, I don't think it added to the movie. I'm, I was about to say like that was like a real high for me, and then we never touched it again. Is what I was going to yeah. say. Yeah, I almost thought like, you know, the very last after credit scene was cute. You know, that little stop motion animation. Uh, Right. But I was almost expecting like a little, you know, close up on maybe another beetle, maybe an alien planet, an alien spaceship or something, you know, just something to flesh out the concept that these were from another world a little bit. And it got me like wondering a little bit more if maybe the DC universe could possibly uh, lean into more extraterrestrial alien life a little bit more in their new universe, right? Because it seems to be that's where they're getting all their juice from, right? I mean, the main hero that all of this universe revolves around, Superman, is an alien. Yeah. So And the Green uh, Lantern that, has been confirmed, which are, you know, alien-powered yeah, by the Exactly, race. and and the the Snyder fans out there, their favorite character of all time, Darkseid, you know, oh, yeah. from another, another part of uh, the universe mm-hmm. as well. The, the, so. the rumored Lobo that will probably not happen <laughs> Yeah. This. Yeah, so there's just a lot to mine out yeah. there, you know, in space. And, you know, I could have got a little bit of that right. more in the movie. I, I think I would have yeah. appreciated that. Yeah, it, exactly. And I, I think that that's why I'm like, my creative juices were flowing. I'm like, this is awesome. This is great. I love this idea. And then we never touched on it again. Uh, it was mm-hmm. like, oh, it's been on Earth for for years, and the the beetle has to choose you. Yeah. I, I, and I, I feel <laughs> like I was, I was kind of, like, also hoping for, like, beetle-related to, like, you know, I don't necessarily need like the most creative villain of all time necessarily in an in a kickoff Blue Beetle movie, but like it was a very predictable, you know, plot line for a villain. I want to make weapons out of this alien technology. Mm-hmm. Seems to be a tale as old as time. You know, I was kind of hoping they could put more of a unique twist on it in some way. I don't well, know, just th- sit down like just spin the wheels a little bit more, you th- know, possibly. It, it, to me, it was very Iron Man two. Um, like mm-hmm. the villain even looked like Whiplash kind of at the end, like you yeah. know, like the suit came over him and he's got like he's even got like a little red whip. I was like, okay, I, this is like my wife was like, it feels like Ant Man in there, like you know, like with the older person having the power and like giving yeah. it to the new bluer beat. Because again, Ted Cord is in here. He was a he was he was an old um, I wouldn't say parody superhero, but a superhero who didn't take himself seriously, right? And I wish we would have seen some of that, like rather than just like. Oh, this is some chewing gum my dad was developing in case yeah. everyone needed it. And then we get like the gum later. I'm like, 
Oh, I wanted to see like maybe old footage of this old blue beetle like floating around. Would be cool. And that's a great example, I would say, of the moments that weren't effective and felt very out of place and cheesy and you know cringy in a way. Of I totally understand that an older kind of more vintage superhero that they claim in the movie to the audience that you know didn't really take much seriously, but we never get to see it. They never show us. They only tell us so when these things start to transpire and the freaking spaceship or whatever farts and they do a bug fart it's just like are Uh, we watching blues clues next like what's happening i love the bug i thought the bug ship was very reminiscent of like something maybe out of james gunn's suicide squad listen the but the ship itself was cool but like it farts at the end like i'm not saying that's necess- that can't be effective but like in the movie w- in which they had established and the father had yeah. just died like 15 oh. minutes ago well, the 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 ship is farting the, and it literally says fart and it makes a fart sound effect like no, those are I, the things that kind of take me out of the no, narrative I, I was totally fine because i think that fit the narrative but you, you mentioned it tonally this movie is all over the place right like literally um the 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 whole the dude I for, Jaime his whole thing is like don't kill people like I'm not gonna kill people whatever but like his grandma takes a Gatling gun to every bad faceless bad guy down a hallway like yeah, the I'm bug like ship impales one of the yeah like the I'm bad like guys. I'm like you should have just done the killing like just don't say I'm we're not a killer and then kill people like the faceless enemies you're not gonna kill someone yeah. with a face is what you're telling me yeah. uh, and so, also. I don't, I don't know what this says about society in general, right? But I almost just feel like, by default, an audience, at least here in the States, will accept a superhero that kills. But a superhero that doesn't kill, you kind of need to go out of your way and explain why they don't kill, right? Yeah. That, like this, is, this was actually effectively done pretty well early on in the Arrow TV series, where he starts off as a vigilante that does kill has a crisis of confidence, wants to like change his perspective and his path, and then he decides to stop killing, which makes things harder for him and you know, thus a little bit more entertaining for the yeah. audience. So like uh, like I, I get it, right? If you're just like a normal kid, you get powers, like, yeah, you don't really want to become like a straight up killer. Sure. But like I, I almost like needed that to be explained, especially once his like dad dies right. and pretty much all of these bad guys are to blame i would have expected him to like go well, off and just start like they, killing fools well know? they were like yeah kill the family she's like kill. i'm like and he's just gonna like blast them away with a, a blast gun like no like it, it the, the the situation was there to line up and it didn't really matter like literally these were faceless enemies except for like car- conrad carapax i hate this name by the way um <laughs> the, the 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 red version of blue beetle essentially with his own like human suit the omac suit uh literally he could have they could have killed anybody and, and it would have been fine they didn't really have to explain you just like we don't need to kill this one because he is in like you both have the same story kind of thing right right like that is why you don't kill him at the end and he goes and he be you know becomes like i guess has a heel turn and like you know kills victoria cord but like all, everything leading up to that made no sense, right? Like, yeah, you can kill. Everybody was killing people, like, in there. It's, it's totally fine. Like, even the dude, I for, I don't know his name. She called him Sanchez. He even got killed and his blood splattered on the glass, right? You're like, mm-hmm. why, why is it okay for everybody else? But it, it was very, the tone, the tonality of this was all over the place from, like, very goofy, very silly to, to very dramatic, like, with, you know, Oh, your dad had a heart attack. Chekhov's heart attack, right? Your dad had a heart attack, and uh, mm-hmm. while you were gone, so but he's fine, and no, he he's gonna die from a heart attack from from this thing. Yeah. So, uh, I I I feel like I mean, I mm. those were kind of like the story points just overall that I feel like worked a little bit better in a sense of. Um, uh, I like that we see this like kid. He's the first one to go to yeah. college. You know, he comes back with his degree, yeah. and he's the, he's saddled with student debt. You know, something very relatable to audiences out there. Uh, and then you know, struggling to get a job, and that you know is making him a, a little bit more desperate. To, you know, to kind of well, throw and, himself into a scenario in which he well, could in that know, culture, the blue beetle, Hispanic, you know, Latin culture is very much like your family lives together for generations, right? You all work together. They're losing their house. Their dad lost the mechanic, you know, his mechanic's job. Like they literally are scraping by, right? And and they all mm-hmm. have to come together. So it's not just his journey. It's that family journey, which I thought was re- done really well. Like the family yeah, it, coming together and, 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 
and being there for each other with that. Yeah, and it felt very honest, especially when parts of the family were worried about reaching out to the cops about the stuff that Cord was doing because they have parts of the family that are undocumented. So, like, I was like, all of this feels, like, very authentic. And, you know, I got emotional at points, like, oh, yeah. when, the you know, when the house burns down later on, when yeah. the community comes together. So yeah. that's the great thing is, like, we can, I can be, you know, a little cynical about maybe some of, like, the kind of um, predictable, rote, like, superhero plot lines. But it's, it's those moments where the movie stands out and really gets to do yeah. something different and better which gives me hope that there is more of a story here to play with yeah. but uh there's one thing that i really wanted to talk about and we mentioned at the top of the show the truly the thing that makes this movie the most unique out of any superhero movie or maybe any movie out this year is that originally was not supposed to be theatrical. Yeah. So I, I prime my wife ahead of time going into the theater because she listens to me enough on a weekly basis. Uh, she does not sit down and listen to the podcast to know that uh, this was originally slotted for HBO Max, which meant there was an interesting kind of turn in production that we might not never know all the details about. But I was definitely on the lookout for VFX because it's definitely mm. something that would be changed, I would assume, with a bigger theatrical budget. And they are great shots, and they're also really bad shots. Uh, I think they made the smart choice to throw in almost all of the effort and uh, manpower, if you will, into the look of Blue Beetle. And yeah. the hero, the character, looks great for the most part. Like, whenever he's, like, standing there in a hero shot, close-ups on the mask, I like how they did this little technique where, like, this metal, like, chin strap almost kind of moves up and down uh, to see, kind of I didn't mimic like, talking. I didn't, I didn't like the mouth thing. The mouth thing looked very just, like, up and down and I it, that that part was the only part I didn't like but I mean that's a personal choice not a not a, a, a knock against how it looked I just didn't like how it moved it didn't yeah, feel natural I mean, but it, either way it's fine like I agree the suit looked great the 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 battles between him and I would even say the Omax suit got enough you know credit like whenever they're fighting like you know who's who and what's going on and it looks cool you know with those effects um the city sucks like the the fake city, this fake, um, yeah. e, you know, Florida Keys looking, like the buildings are just awful looking. Yeah, and and it feels it feels a little odd in general too because like I get they're trying to show us the juxtaposition of like the slums and the well-to-do city, so they're like, oh, let's put these. Um, very futuristic Blade Runner style, like kind of like uh, holographic billboards yeah. out in front of it. And I, that didn't really work for me aesthetically, yeah. right? Like I, I'm not saying I can't stretch and possibly believe that that technology could exist in this universe, but it just gives me the connotation of just like, is this supposed to be like 21, 23 or something? Are we a hundred yeah. years in the future? It, it was, just felt odd. And it was out of too place. far forward for everything else around mm -hmm. it. And they, they could take it out. And it probably would have been better, but like this, the buildings were so rubbery looking like, yeah. so like the sheen wasn't there. It was like, yeah, well this is the least amount of effort we're putting into these buildings yeah. to make them this. look like buildings. <laughs> The and the, the single the single worst shot in the movie, which I get it, it's really just an establishing shot of the inside of Cord Industries. So I guess if you have to pull budget from anywhere, like who cares about the establishing shot of the inside of a building? Mm -hmm. But it's a shot that starts looking straight up as we kind of gaze up this long, long tower yeah, and it comes yeah. down. And it's just like, what am I looking at? Did this not get rendered all the way? And yep. then we see a receptionist at a Cord desk and it just looked like the actress was probably sitting in front of a, a folding table, not unlike the one I'm sitting at right now. And then they just put the intern on it and they're like, you have four hours to put her at a shiny white desk yeah. with the cord logo on it. Go. This movie's got to get shipped to the theater uh, tonight. Yeah. That's kind of what it felt like. So it helped knowing the context of the production of the movie. But if, you know, if somebody had a little bit more of a picky eagle eye, you know, I could I could see I, that maybe going like, what's going on here? Well, I, I think, you know, um, thankfully, that's at the beginning of the movie and it looked better towards the end. Right. The end of the movie, mm -hmm. you know, there was a I, they actually did a really cool transition shot where they were doing the map of the um, the island that obviously this very lone island they have to go infiltrate, which is. 
again another predictable plot point but um they they were showing it and then they transitioned to like the cg like island you know obviously it wasn't a real island but like the the final i'm like oh that looked really cool i really enjoyed that that look of it um but you know some of the stuff uh was very yeah i'm glad it just got better towards the end right like the the beginning started off pretty rough i um i didn't really again I, i didn't expect george lopez to be in there as much as he was i thought he was gonna be more of like a side character like every once in a while like so I was like, do I take his like really really bad you know mullet seriously like do this like how <laughs> like I it's hard it was hard to remove him from that role like, like who he is a little bit he's a he's a great personification of what I was saying about the movie where it's great and awful at the same time depending yeah. on what you're looking at whereas like whenever he's just like overreacting to everything it's hilarious like he's screaming about something the truck, that he's seeing. The, the truck that got yeah. shot up i was la- i actually laughed out loud when he was screaming about yeah. the truck getting shot up and, and the, the running gag and, and his original truck before they give him his new one is like this kitted out monster that has like a, a freaking a toyota t- on the tailgate toyota tacoma <laughs> i called it the taco yeah And like, but it's so unbelievable for me to imagine this character as the hacker genius that they kind of portray him as, right? Like I could almost get by with the fact that he kind of made something that I thought it was going to be like an EMP blast, but it was more like a signal jammer. And I was like, well, they, they like alluded to the fact that he works in like a garage or something, a mechanics garage, but like. I don't think working on like cars necessarily translates one to one to like uh, like surveillance technology. But you know, I let it slide because maybe that'll be the one time that it happens. Then all of a sudden, he's like hacking into like Blue Beetle's like systems. He knows how to like fly this bug and everything. Yeah. And all the and weapons. And it's just like yeah. it's like I can envision George Lopez doing this if they would have put maybe a little bit of effort into explaining to us why he knows this stuff, right? You know, I didn't really like a lot of the grandma shtick at the end with the Gatling gun and the jokes about her her past of, you know, um, uh, guerrilla warfare or whatever they were alluding to, right? But at least they attempted to try to explain why grandma can hold a Gatling gun so well. There was zero explanation of why jo- George Lopez he is was, good with computers. He was you the know? only character uh, in the scene. That we got, like, you, you, you are now the character who knows everything that we need to, to move the story forward yeah. sometimes. Um, you know, like, oh, and, you know, it's fine that there's a love story in here. That's great. But it was a little rushed. And he's like the person always interrupting that as well the whole time. I'm like, oh, of course he is. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, overall, I mean, it's, it's, um, the sister was fine. I enjoyed this, the younger sister, the sarcastic, very like, mm-hmm. um, I forget what I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't remember I can, her name. Um, I can appreciate any character that has enthusiasm for going to the bathroom. Yeah. You know, she, I was sold when she wanted to have that high class poop inside yep. of the house. Uh, right. so I did it. I did enjoy that. Um, the, the kind of like the weapons in general that the family all gets at the end, uh, you know, I, I was kind she of Kamala okay. Khan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She had the fist and the shield. And was that explicitly supposed to be a power glove or was it just supposed to look like a power supposed glove? Supposed to look like a power Nintendo? glove because the blue beetle would have been around in the, the 80s, 90s-ish era when he would have been, yeah. been, 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 I guess, in action, if you will. Yeah, and we really never got much of an explanation of why the Beetle chose him because uh, the Blue Beetle seemed to be, the the original guy, seemed to be well-revered. Uh, George Lopez, who uh, basically hates superheroes, especially Batman, mm-hmm. calls him a fascist, right? He liked Blue Beetle, so we kind of like get the, we get the check, the sign-off that Blue Beetle was this good, solid guy, good hero, why wasn't he chosen by the Beatle originally, right? It doesn't seem just to be like, oh, you got to be a good yeah. person. So, I mean, obviously these are all things that they could develop in a sequel, but, you know, we, we are just expected as an audience to just, like, sit back oh. and just let it wash over you. We got to get to the next act. But yeah. at least, you know, we are emotionally drawn through it a yeah, little bit, the, which is good. We have some good works. effects and some action scenes. Um, you don't you don't get a lot uh, of family stuff on this level, right? Like, you know, um, mm-hmm. and, and that was like a, a down earth. I really, you know, back to there's a scene where the dad is sitting outside having a, a drink of tequila. Like a lot of Hispanic mm-hmm. families use their front yards, like sit in their front yards, right? That's what they do. And I was like, 
I can like it wasn't like a they're having a talk in his bedroom. They were literally doing like what families like that would do, like that culture would do. And I'm like, this is great. The 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 director, uh, you know, um, I forget his name, but he, he you know obviously uh, Hispanic Latin uh, connections, and I'm like, this is they really just nailed that that vibe of it. Um, but you know, like, I you know you could feel he was making a movie for streaming. Like there are some. Um, Things say, like budget and 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 like pacing saved for streaming services right along the way. So I'm like yeah, a lot of yeah a lot of like interior shots or kind of industrial locations, um, you know, small sets. But I don't think it necessarily detracted overall right. from my yeah. enjoyment. It just everything just felt small, which sometimes would make it feel intimate and good, but yeah. then also sometimes make it feel like where's like where's the energy that sometimes you might expect going to the movie theater, right? Yeah, um, yeah. A, a very nondescript I'm, hallway sequence like that last fifteen <laughs> minutes in, in you know underground, right? Like you're like. Yeah, we get it. You got these used, you know, you're using the cheap underground hallway sets that everybody has. Yeah. I mean, I liked some of the choreography with the combat, you know, especially in the beginning when the Blue Beetle kind of takes over. Uh, So that was fun to see the kind of the the upper limits of the combat style. Mm -hmm. I I like the weaponry that the Beetle creates. Like, I thought the staple gun was interesting. You know, the um, even though they're not lethal, kind of like those big boom pulses, those are fun. Um, I liked that, you know, we briefly got to see that fifth element gun which was a, a fun little nod. And we also got basically see this, the, uh, the buster sword, which, yeah. you know, was all over the trailer as well. I wish we would have gotten more of that. And maybe even we get some context of what he's making and how it relates to his life in a way. Right. Because mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I can assume him at his age would have played like video games and final fantasy. Right. Yeah. But we don't really see any of that. We just have to assume that the yeah. kid knows it. So I almost expect like a scene, something along the lines of just like, Oh, we all thought you were going to okay. like, you know, waste your, waste your childhood playing video games, but then you went off to college and maybe we see mm-hmm. one of the video games and it's like, we see the buster sort of yeah, so just they, to bring they, it all together. They can't, they can't afford that. Mike, that that's licensing. <laughs> they did not, they did not afford for this. Movie. Yeah. I guess you don't have to license the, the vague look of a big broad I have a sword. Big sword yeah. Uh, that <laughs> so that's that. good. Yeah. No, I, 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 yeah, I think again, you're, you know, we, we we've said it, you know, it's, it's a middling movie, not because it's average, but because, you know, there's some swings and some misses, some swings and some hits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if it th- had not been swinging, it would have been, you know, again, probably just boring and bland. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad I, they were at least trying with what they had. Yeah. And I hate Susan I Sarandon. Like- Susan Sarandon was like, <laughs> like, she plays such a bad person in this, but like, it's the same smarmy, like, I'm a Texie, yo, don't cross me kind of thing. I'm like, uh, could have at least given a little more flavor to that. Yeah. It's a, it's a throwaway character. It reminded me a lot of um, the, the bad guy in the Defenders as well. Um, because I get those two, uh, I get those two actresses messed up, mixed up a lot in my head. Sigourney Weaver, uh, uh, Sigourney Weaver and, um, uh, Susan Sarandon. Yeah. Sometimes I, I just get them mixed up in my head. So I was kind of bringing in vibes, uh, yeah. from that. Yeah. It's, she, it's the, the villain was, it could have been literally anybody. She's, she's like, uh, she's like a Darren Cross from Ant-Man and Obadiah Stane from the first Iron Man. Like uh-huh. literally mixed. You're like, yes, you want to control the, the board. And you want to make weapons, even though someone said you don't want to make weapons. But at the same time, you want the abilities to use and control them all. It was, again, nothing new in this movie, but um, mm-hmm. still, 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 some swings uh, yeah. and, and attempts and, to make it good. Yeah, and I think the the kind of like the last gripe I have overall that maybe they could subtly change and nobody would complain or notice if this franchise moves forward. I did not like the voice of the Beetle. Uh, mm-hmm. They uh, they gave they ha- it had a name but I don't remember the name. It starts like a K or something uh, like that. Yeah. It, it basically just sounds like Siri. It sounds like the default Siri voice, well, and it felt like a wasted opportunity to to do something else unique there, right? Because you know your audience. The closest comparison that everyone is going to make is going to be Jarvis, yeah. or even like Friday. Friday you know, yeah. th- uh, which I would say both of those voices are unique and entertaining to listen to even without seeing the body that's attached to it right uh but this is just it felt like a 
computer, like a robot, like they were just doing text to speech. So I felt like, well, this is a missing opportunity where you could have really endeared us to care. Was it Carapax? No, that was the villain. Yeah. Um, like you could have maybe endeared us to the 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 Beetle in some way with a more relatable, well, enticing would, voice. And I was like, this is just ones and zeros coming at me. Well, I wouldn't even say. I would. I would say. Uh, I know. I know this. This Beetle's been on Earth, but like, you know, he's like he just says, "Oh, it told me its name," and like we didn't hear you tell it tell it its name, like. It's a voice, right? Voiceover work, whether he's wearing the suit or not, which I think he it does at the end scene. Finally, they could have easily done this, right? Like use more voiceover, built it up as like, what are you, I don't understand your culture as like you know, um, you know this this Hispanic Latin culture, and and it could have had some very interesting interactions just by having dialogue rather than having to, you know, film someone, right? Like it's just voice, yeah. It's just voice, like yeah. literally have someone record it in a booth. You could have had a lot more. Um, yeah. yeah, like I'm not expecting like the sass that comes between like Venom and Eddie Brock in those movies, right? Uh, but at least also that voice as well, very memorable, right? Just even with the tenor of the way it sounds. Um, I thought it would have been kind of interesting if like, you know, the whole shtick here is that the Blue Beetle can create whatever, you know, weapon they imagine, right? I yeah. almost thought the voice could have been whatever he imagined. Like maybe there could have been like a funny joke where it could have been had like a, the, the girl the main girl's voice uh yeah Jimmy Cord. or yeah exactly or it could have been like maybe he had a crush on a specific well-known um like actress or something that we all know of and then that was the voice like i i don't know like selma hayek or something like that and it's just like and then maybe like later at the end of the movie like the family like hears the voice somehow and they're like wait a minute why does that sound like the the girl on the poster in your room they're just there could have just been a little bit more there where it just seemed like they went with default robot yeah. voice uh zero zero one dot wave file you know yeah, exactly. And it, it was just they told us about the voice more than showed us about the voice or at least used the voice mm. to tell us things. I'm like, that would have been way more interesting just to hear it from yeah. them rather than telling us that the robot told you its name. Yeah. So. And, I, and I feel like I'm just like griping so much now, even though I said, you know, I enjoyed the movie, yeah. you know, overall and it's a soft recommend. But like, I think there's a lot of potential here. Uh, I think the cast is very infectious. Yep. I think we would like to see them again. There's so much more you could do with the Blue Beetle if if he can imagine any power weapon he wants. There's so much to do you could do there with like, you know, you could really pump up the stunt choreography like uh, in that last hallway fight. He makes almost kind of like a sledgehammer yeah. thing that like slaps down the missile like that was really cool. So there's a lot to do here. But uh, the last thing I wanted to touch on before we wrap it up, I wanted to hear uh, what's your strategy, Chris, if you're involved. OK, you're in charge of the sequel to Blue Beetle. It's been greenlit, right? Mm -hmm. And they want to fold it in to the, the DCU at large, right? What's the strategy there, right? Uh, we ha we have mentioned that Batman exists, Superman exists. There is a legacy, at least, of older superheroes being out there in the world. So being a hero is not a new concept in Blue Beetle's universe. Could this even telegraph onto James Gunn's Superman at all? You know, I guess we do have the advantage of they don't explicitly say how long Superman has been yeah. active for in the Blue Beetle universe, but I don't even know if technically they could weave this into oh, the bigger universe. I, I think they absolutely could. I, I, it's such a weird... It's he, The only reference to another city was Goth, his Gotham University shirt, right? His sweatshirt mm -hmm. he had. They could easily pull this in there. I think, you know, again, you mentioned, we talked earlier at the beginning of the show, the space aspect, right? This Blue Beetle... This beetle came from space. There's obviously other colored beetles out there. The Green Lanterns exist. You can tie them there. Blue, Blue Beetle has always been tied to Booster Gold in the comics as well, like Time Traveler, right? Like, there, mm. there's a lot of opportunity to bring him in here and put him in something. But he doesn't need to be serious. He can be your Ant-Man, like, in Civil War, right? Like, hey, we're going to go get Ant-Man and he's going to have a couple cool things, but that's really about it. Um, I, I think you could do a sequel, and I think... You time jump a couple years, he's adjusted to it, he's just... I don't know who he's... I don't know who his villains are, right? Like, who who is he actively working against? Maybe, you know, Jenny Cord is a, what's a philanthropist kind of person. Maybe, like, they're doing some small, you know, humanitarian missions with the suit rather than actual, you know, fighting, you know, 
big world ending events because you know this was kind of small it wasn't world ending it was on like a little island so i i think there's plenty of opportunities to do that and then you tie in where is ted cord and that that the in credit scene like where's where's he been for all these years like like the past 20 years right um 10 20 years because he disappeared he's somewhere his computer's talking to him where where did he go and what does that mean for for everything and um you know learn more about the space like you mentioned the spacing is there an outer space version is there someone who's going around trying to collect the beetles all the different colors capture them maybe they come to earth and that's where you tie in the authority and superman and maybe some other people i don't know but i i see some easy ways to do it um that can be like yeah we we already got the origin out of the way we don't have to reference anything else we know he got his beetle from space and he's got a suit that does whatever he needs to do in the moment. Let's just pull that forward and run with it. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I don't think if, I don't think if they overthink it, it'll make it better, but yeah. at the same time, they can just be like, well, we don't want it. And it's fine too. Right. Yeah. Like either way, I, no, and, nobody's at a loss. And I suppose the, the moment where they do drop other superhero names, it's like so short. It's so quick uh, that, maybe they even just hand wave it away right yeah. you know like maybe you know since this is the the younger superman that gun is setting up is supposed to be relatively new to the scene right maybe he doesn't show up until post blue oh. beetle movie and they just like you know hand wave it away you know uh, marvel's done it before they, they mentioned you know, superman and, and marvel stuff like it's it's a, it's a generic <laughs> enough phrase if you will yeah possibly but I, I i i could i would like to see the character move on yeah i like his his plucky vibes i think the power sets are cool the family mm -hmm. dynamics great but i i don't have i don't have high expectations yeah for the franchise moving forward just at the current state of just hollywood in general which is a bit unfortunate but suppose one way you could vote is with your wallet. You can mm. head out to the theater, give this one a watch, um, maybe stream it a bunch once yep. it's on Max, since it's all vertically integrated, and they'll see that data. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll get. Maybe we won't get a movie sequel. Maybe we'll get a, a sequel series or something like that. Yeah, but. I, I can see it. Like I said, I, I think offhand references. I I don't want them to waste something like this because this is a great opportunity for a lesser known. DC character to kind of come to the forefront, right? Because if anything, DC, the DCU has been chock filled with uh, really is their A-list characters the past 20 years, 30 years, right? So, you know, the fact Batgirl got scrapped, awful. Blue Beetle actually getting a theatrical release, I think is great for it. Um, and hopefully that they do see some value in this character. And at least, you know, I don't need, um, I, I don't think this movie caters to quote unquote representation. Uh, too much. I think it tells a good story about someone in a different culture, but I didn't feel like the representation portion portion no. was like shoved down our throats, and that was a that was good. Like you know, everybody you know can yeah. can have a super. It never, so hopefully, it works. It never. Yeah, it never feels. Uh, it never feels forceful if it's authentic and from like a true source, which I really appreciated yeah. in, in the film. But I mean, I'm, I don't know. I'm a little surprised, Chris, that we were just, we ended up being just so positive mm -hmm. about the movie overall. You know, yep. both of us, if you listen to our weekly news episodes, I wouldn't say we were actually excited for this movie privately. We were texting each other going like, Oh wait, the movie's out this yeah. weekend. Oh, <laughs> I got to go grab my ticket. I totally forgot about it, but we should definitely go watch it. Yeah. Not, so not uh, top of mind for, for, <laughs> A movie right yeah. now and honestly you know did do you th this movie uh, uh, uh not its fault it's coming out at a really weird time for dc right like literally mm -hmm. if you waited one year this movie probably would have done I, I would say better right like like maybe 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 better than it is because we've gotten the flash out of our we get the flash and shazam 2 out of our mouths aquaman 2 would have been done this would have felt fresher than anything else. Like, uh -huh. like we're in the middle of something still, and that doesn't feel fresh. It doesn't feel authentic yeah. to starting something new. After Aquaman, yeah. probably be like, yeah, it could be either way. So yeah, let's 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 watch it and get get hyped for it. So. Yeah, I mean, we have a we have a very useful upcoming release calendar on our website where you can see all of the movies that we cover when they're coming out in a nice text-based list. Uh, Aquaman, The Lost Kingdom, is hitting supposedly December 25th. I think legally it has to, uh, so I we don't expect that to be yeah. shifting and moving. And then after that, I think DC-wise, it probably just going to be Joker 2. 2. Yep. 
possibly um possibly uh another Matt Reeves Batman movie. Uh no, that's and after tw- that's after Superman. That's 2025. All right. So we'll see how yeah. that all shakes out. But yeah, so basically yeah. Uh, are we going to get any sort of telling signs? Like I am so curious what happens in this Aquaman movie now. Like do do you think they just rip the after credit scenes out of it? Like no, we don't we're done yeah. with this. We don't want to allude to anything else anymore. Or maybe they add a new um, post-credit scene in where there's just like the multiverse is crumbling and I you're probably what, not going to survive. Jason Momoa <laughs> as Lobo shows up and kills Jason Momoa's Aquaman. Oh, that would be wild. I mean, talk about an opportunity to like, usually you have to like we saw at Marvel, you, these characters have to have to exist for at least a decade before you kill them off on screen. Yeah. Right. I mean, come on. How often do you get a chance to kill, kill yourself? Aquaman? You kill yourself. Really? <laughs> you know, uh, Jason Momoa's taking over is the other one. I, I'd be interesting. It'll, they'll never do it, but, but it's there, but yeah, yeah. overall, like I, said, I agree. I'm, I'm not, I'm not negative. It's, it's easier for us whenever we review things to always harp on the things you don't like the mm-hmm. most. Right. But like overall, I think we can sit here and say it's it's great to see the characters, the actors, but like you know, it, you need to experience it uh, for yourself to to really get that real. I, I mean, I, like I said, authentic character kind of stuff. So, um, yeah. But anyway, Mike, uh, let's jump over. We got to record our news episode before you get blown away in those hurricane <laughs> uh, gale force winds. Where can they find you at in the meantime? Well, you can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok any other social media that that handle might exist, but you can also go read my web comics at liferewardsrisk.com. I would very much appreciate that. Chris, if people want to find you, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram, Valdan87, or video game uh, servers at the same name, V-A-L-D-A-N. If people want to know more about the show, where they can catch our weekly news episodes, where can they get all that good information at? Oh, just head on over to superheroslate.com to find our poorly, poorly rendered headquarters. Uh, where we have almost all of the polygons that you could have seen on your PlayStation. There's at least one folding desk between the both of us that we record on. So, yeah, it's fairly good. Yeah, but you can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever else you'd love to listen to find podcasts like ourselves here. Uh, Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and you can get merch at SuperheroSlate.com slash store we love hearing from you reach out let us know what you thought about blue beetle if you think it can neatly fold into the next version of the dc universe we'd love to hear from you and we also love our super fans so if you want to be a super fan of this show all you got to do is share the show with a friend share the show with a buddy and we'll be here every week folks except for next week actually yeah we're gonna be taking a week off next yeah, week. yeah this this is we just took it right out of us we gotta we gotta reset come back after that. <laughs> uh but we will see you guys then all right bye thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe